This is Bloomberg Surveillance. If you look at global equities, U.S. market, for example, is near highs despite all the, the risks out there. I think if Britain were to leave, we would see significant spillover. And one of the big ones is going to be in the financial sector. We don't think the markets are rational under any circumstance. Markets can't be rational. We are human beings. We are irrational, responding to irrational and rational news. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKeon, Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. After the Yellen statement, after the press conference, markets aggressively recalibrate and readjust to a dovish Fed. Futures, negative 10. They were negative 11 moments ago. Dow futures, negative 80. Currencies, massively. That's the correct word. Massively adjust. Euro, yen. Take out the dollar. Euro, yen, 116.40. Dollar, yen, 104.19. We'll start with foreign exchange. Forex brief brought to you by interactive brokers, Forex traders focus on tightness of spreads. If cost matters, visit IBKR.com slash Forex to learn about their Forex ECN. It includes 14 of the largest interbank uh, dealers, a 111.72 on euro and yen has actually been pretty good. Uh, the last hour, and it's just rolled over a little bit, 104.17, with the overnight strength of the yen, a stunning 103.55. We're nowhere near that, uh, but rolling over right now to a stronger uh, yen. Sterling weaker ever so, not massively, not big, not off a cliff, not that hysteria, but nevertheless, 141.19 sterling begins to indicate a direction towards a 140 handle. Euro-Swiss, I've been watching all morning. Our Guy Johnson, his interview with Thomas Jordan of the SMB, 108, uh, 108.1 on Euro-Swissy. Uh, uh, <laughs> David Wilson, run through some of your equity coverage today, again, with futures negative 10. How do you start? Well, you start with the financial companies. I mean, you see Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, and their peers down uh, maybe three-quarters of a percent. You're seeing bigger declines in the European banks that trade here in the U.S., Credit Suisse off 2.5%, Deutsche Bank down 3%. Just rolling over again in the last number of minutes. Absolutely, and setting new lows in the process. So we're talking a record decline what else? in terms of the share price. Uh, Mark's up 1.5%. Uh, the drug maker released study data showing the cancer treatment Keytruda worked better than chemotherapy in patients with a form of lung cancer. Keytruda already used to treat melanoma. Macy's is up 2%. The retailer averted a possible strike at its flagship department store in New York's Herald Square. Macy's reached a tentative agreement on a new four-year contract with retail workers. Rite Aid's down 1.5%. The drug maker's fiscal first quarter earnings and revenue trailing on this average estimates of Bloomberg survey. Walgreens Boots is buying Rite Aid for $9.4 billion, and Walgreens shares down 2.5%. Kroger, on the other hand, up 3%. The grocery store's first quarter results showed the company was more profitable then analysts were anticipating earnings and sales pretty much in line with estimates. On the deal front, QLogic up 11%. The maker of semiconductors using data storage networks accepted a takeover offer from another chip producer, Cavium. The cash and stock deal valued about $1.4 billion. And Cavium shares really taking a beating in response. Stocks down 14%. Uh, Envision Healthcare down 6.5%. The provider of healthcare services and physicians agreed to combine with Amsurge in a deal valuing the uh, 
Envision at $4.8 billion. Now, the Wall Street Journal reported the companies were in talks last week, and Envision had risen mm-hmm. as much as 11% after Schumer. that. Uh, we got to talk about the gun makers. Uh, Smith & Wesson up 1.5%. Yeah. Vista Outdoor, which makes guns and ammunition, up 4%. All this after U.S. Democrats filibustered for about 15 hours to force consideration of new limits on guns. Republican leaders agreed to votes on two gun-related proposals. David, thank you so much. David Wilson, and he will be through the day. This will be very valuable through the day on the equity markets and how they link into all the turmoil we see in economics, monetary economics, international economics as well. This is a joy. Uh, Narayana Kachalakota changed the dialogue of our economics as president of the Minneapolis Fed, now at the University of Rochester. And we're thrilled that he joins us this morning. We tried to get him on yesterday, and, of course, he was gracious. And as a former member of the Fed, said, I'm not going to get in the way of the dialogue of Chair Yellen. She doesn't need me gaming her. I thought that was most graceful, graceful rather, uh, Professor Kachala Koda. You did write for Bloomberg View. And I would respectfully suggest you nailed it. This comes down to asymmetry, and it comes down to what I call min-max theory. There's a number of themes here. But it is good institutions, Professor, trying like crazy to avoid the worst outcome. What is the outcome Chair Yellen's trying to avoid? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Tom. It's a real pleasure to be with you today. I, um, You know, I think that uh, the outcome I, I hear the chair talk about, um, uh, not so much yesterday, but in general, is a concern that uh, the Fed might have to raise rates uh, very rapidly if inflationary pressures were to emerge. Um, I think that that has really been a key motivation for understanding um, the Fed's desire to raise rates in December and to keep interest rate increases on the table um, really at a time where a lot of other uh, factors might be pushing you to, to be taking them off the table and, and maybe, in fact, to, to cutting rates. But I, I think the concern is if you – if um, has been that you've got to get started on raising interest rates to avoid the prospect of raising them rapidly. And I think that's been a key, key force that's been driving uh, the thinking of the, of the committee. The – Idea of rates of change and, and the vectors, if you say, folks, that rates are going to go higher, and then how do you get there? I think that the thing that all of us understand away from the complexities of mathematics is they need wiggle room. They need some shelter if they have to lower interest rates. Do you see a demand deficiency right now where you could even frame the idea that this would be a central bank that would need to lower interest rates? I think that the, uh, the, the, the continuous sluggishness of inflation and the decline of inflation expectations, uh, so the, uh, the market-based measures, uh, really, uh, have, are close to historical, or I should say close to the lows that they set earlier this year. And then the, um, even in survey-based measures, we see longer-term inflation expectations declining. These are real threats to the credibility of the institution. Uh, and then on the, just on the demand side, as you were, you were reciting earlier, I think you can look at uh, current inflation and the forecast for inflation and see room for, for doing more. Uh, but a lot of it, as you're, you, you hinted right at the beginning, is really about the downside risk, that 
you know, maybe you can make a case that um, the demand on the, your modal outlook, your, your, the, the demand picture looks good, but the, the downside risks of demand mm-hmm. really require you to be thinking, okay, how do we take out insurance against those risks? You have a paper from 12 years ago, Finite Memory and Imperfect Monitoring. This is really obtuse stuff, folks. We're not doing any heavy lifting here on a Thursday. But, Professor, our finite memory is we live in the past. Is any central bank, now let's not cast aspersions on Chair Yellen, but are all of our good policymakers like you, are we fighting the last war because that's our finite memory? Yeah, well, uh, I'm impressed that uh, <laughs> you're dig- digging into my past writing uh, to such an extent. But yeah, I think that you were all prisoners of what we what we uh, what we've learned and what we've experienced. And I, I think there's two lessons that the the, the, the from the Fed's history that have been really important. One is that. Nobody wants to go through the great inflation again to make the mistakes that led inflation to rise from below 2% in the early 60s to being right. uh, into double digits. By Janet the Yellen doesn't want to be Mr. Heller. I get that. Continue. And that's, so that's one, one piece of it. And the other is the idea that setting rates by a in a fairly mechanistic way, according to the uh, the rule that uh, Professor John Taylor ha- uh, uh, has described in his work, seemed to work pretty well. And uh, I think both of those forces are very important in understanding the thinking of the Fed, that, that they don't want to be caught in the 60s, the 70s again. And, boy, the Taylor rule seemed to have helped them avoid that during the, the 80s and 90s and then uh, uh, well, more arguably into the 2000s. Very, very quickly, or with the time we've got left with you, Professor, the Taylor rule shows that we need to get the rate up now. What are we waiting for? I think that the, the Taylor rule is based on an idea that this uh, – uh, we had a lot of conversation at the press conference yesterday, the idea of the natural rate, uh, the whole – idea behind the Taylor rule is that the neutral rate or the natural rate of interest doesn't move. And I think there's just a ton of forces that have pushed that downward. And we're, we're seeing them work right even now today in markets. The, the flight to safety forces are really forces that are pushing downward on that neutral rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that central banks have to be aware of that. And, and the Taylor well, rule just doesn't do a good job taking that. We, we hope to get you on again soon with the University of Rochester, Nariana Kachalakota. He's a former president of the Minneapolis Fed. Honored to have him on today on short notice after the history made yesterday by Chair Yellen. Here's the history you need to know right now in the markets. Yen is rolling over a 104.13. We may get a migration to a 103 handle uh, in a moment. Euro 111.64. And now to the news from New York City. Here's Michael Barr. Tom, thank you very much. President Barack Obama and Vice President Joe Biden are heading to Orlando, Florida today. They will offer support to Orlando less than a week after a mass shooting at a gay nightclub that killed 49 victims and wounded 53 others. The president and vice president will meet privately with the families of some of the victims. A new Bloomberg poll shows a third of Hillary Clinton supporters want the former Secretary of State to pick Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts to be her running mate. The poll also shows a third of Donald Trump supporters want him to pick former House Speaker Newt Gingrich as his VP. The city of brotherly love is getting ready to shake up its relationship with the soda industry. Later today, the Philadelphia City Council will vote on a plan to add a 1.5 cent per ounce tax 
on soft drinks containing added sugar or sweeteners. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Sterling, 141.08. Substantially weaker sterling this morning. Futures negative 11 with more data checks. Bloomberg surveillance. The Market Drivers Report brought to you by New York Community Bank. Ask about their My Community Interest Checking with free. New York Community Bank Online and mobile banking. Earn more at New York Community Bank.